coming back for more. He does keep coming back for more, as we do. Hello, we're talking about uh, Kay's husband, who's uh, just popped in. What a good man your husband is. He's going to make us a cup of coffee. and a, I and a know. Biggie. Hey, do you, are you still baking? I am cooking like a mad lady. This is Kay Fallick. We're talking to everybody, the founder of Your Life Choices, and me, John Deeks, who's the consumer of all the wonderful things that Kay makes uh, in, in the bacon. <laughs> so yesterday, yes. curried parsnip and apple soup. You with, know, you've got to give out recipes every... With homemade cheese and parsley muffins. Right. Very nice. We have got to get to our producer, <laughs> Ian, and say, can we possibly put in a recipe every week from UK on your life choices? Oh, look, no extra work. Why not? <laughs> That'll what else you, What else you That'll, got to do? What have what you been doing? Because here in Victoria, we're, we've kind of locked down. We can't go far. We can't do much. Not, How have you been spending your time, madam? Well, John, I'm trying to live, love, laugh and learn every day. And don't you don't you mock me? I'm not and mocking you. That's do fantastic. at least one act of kindness. Oh. So the act of kindness is probably delivering food to people who can't go out. And your husband? Who just delivering dropped food off. to my husband? No, 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 no. <laughs> he just dropped off a hearing aid for someone who can't go out. He's ninety-one years of age. Yes. And uh, isn't Yvonne. That, isn't that great? Is, so, is that the lady who who comes over quite regularly for for tea here? No. Well. A, that's Rosemary, and no, she can't come anymore because oh. you're not allowed oh, of to. Of course, of course. But she's getting some of the soup because oh. we can put it on the doorstep. On the doorstep, okay. Yeah. So who so, are we talking to today? Ah, well, I'm delighted to say Matt Grudnoff, the plain English economist from the Australia Institute, is going to explain the economy. Is he a professor? He must be very smart to work with that no, crowd. No, he's just a senior economist smart man. And you're looking fabulous. My eyesight's perfect. Huh. Protecting your eyesight with Dr Peter Murphy from OPSM. Uh-huh. So there's a new free initiative. Free, John. Oh, Brilliant. free. Brilliant. I love, love it. that, free. Love it. And moving on with the free thing, yes. we're going to explain seniors' cards across the nation and how you can make the most of your seniors' cards. I'm going to whip mine out and uh, you can tell one. me what you are. Sure, I have got one. I'm nearly okay. 70. I'm a minute away from 70. You know that. Goodness sake. So, can you get an older seniors' card? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along. We're having lots of fun, so stick with us. This is Mind Your Own Retirement. Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement. And, uh, Kay, who do we have on the line? We're delighted to have Matt Grudnoff. And Matt knows things about big-picture economies and what this means for people who are retired. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, Matt, we're talking really to the fact the federal government brought down an economic update. We know things change on a daily basis at the moment, but can you make sense of this for Your Life Choices members? Well, the budget update basically showed us two things. Firstly, that the economy is not doing well at all, that the uh, coronavirus has obviously had a big impact and uh, GDP is, is not going well, it's going backwards, and that unemployment is rising. Um, it also showed us that the, uh, the government doesn't really know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, economic forecasting is bad at the best of times. <laughs> the old joke says that, uh, you know, um, economic forecasters exist to make astrologers look good. Um, but, 
but even at the moment, boom, boom. Um, they're, they're particularly particularly bad um, because we just don't know how long the the the, uh, the, the health crisis is going to last, and, and therefore we don't know how long we're going to have to keep the economy shut down or at least parts of it shut down. Um, and so these forecasts are um, guesses at the best. So, Matt, as a retiree, and we know that you work with your life choices on three different tribes, and I'll let you talk to them, but sitting here, say I've retired, how do I even get my head around how I can think about my own future, my own income? What, what would an entry point understanding be? Well, it depends on where you get your income. As you say, we, we have three tribes and basically they, they kind of differ by um, where they get their income and um, what sort of housing situation they're in. So we have people who own their own homes and get it mainly from um, investment sources like superannuation. Um, and they're likely to um, face an uncertain future at the moment as far as income goes. Investments um, during recessions traditionally don't do as well, obviously, but what the market, particularly things like the stock market, hate the most is uncertainty. And what we have at the moment, what we have a lot of at the moment, is uncertainty. Then the other two tribes get most of their income from government pensions, um, and they're likely to continue on at the moment reasonably well. I mean, um, the government's not going to go broke or anything like that, so they will continue out. They are linked to things like the CPI and in sort of inflation um, and wages, and they're both likely to be very, very weak. So um, it's not likely that the, uh, the age pension will increase particularly quickly. And then those two tribes can be broken down into those that own their own homes and those that are renting. Um, and at the moment, you know, the housing market is particularly uncertain, uh, though um, rents have fallen quite substantially in the last uh, three to six months, and, and they'll probably continue to fall during the recession. So that might be something good for those that actually rent. So there, there's sort of pockets of hope in there, not that we want the economy to go south, but the tribe, the cash-strapped tribe, people renting on a pension, may for once um, Get a break. be slightly, mm. slightly better off if rents are falling. Um, are there any other points in there to do with household expenses or fuel that we should note? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, like everything else at the moment, the inflation rate, as measured by the CPO, is, is a bit crazy. GDP is crazy, the unemployment rate is crazy, the CPI is no exception. We've just seen the latest CPI data came out, and it showed the biggest fall that we've ever seen in the CPI. It's, it's an odd result, um, and what I predict, and again, I'm an economist, and I'm predicting the future, and we know how bad that can be, but what I'm predicting is is that the next quarter, the CPI will, will see a massive rise, and the reason is, is because the thing that was forcing the CPI down, there are a couple of things. One is the fact that the government, for a period of time, made childcare free, so the cost of childcare fell by 95%. Wow. But of course, that's now ended, so childcare fees will then jump back up. The other thing that forced it down is the fact that because nobody's driving across the world, not just in Australia, um, oil prices are falling because there's less demand, not just driving, I should say, also flying and another form yeah, of transport. Of now, so when oil prices go down, petrol prices have fallen. But as economies start to open up, we would expect that to reverse. Um, demand will pick up and they will increase. Petrol prices will increase. Now, the interesting thing about this 
is that people aren't necessarily getting the advantage, particularly retirees, of lower petrol prices. Retirees are probably staying at home more and traveling less. In fact, everybody's doing that. That's why the petrol prices have dropped down. So even though prices have fallen quite dramatically, retirees are, are probably unlikely to benefit from childcare costs. And they're also not driving as much, so they're likely not to benefit from the lower petrol prices. So these sort of big fall in the CPI is a bit illusionary almost. Um, people aren't necessarily getting the benefit of it. So, Matt, um, in, it's too big a topic, obviously, to summarise in such a quick period of time. But on a, a summary note, for retirees, would you say at the moment sitting tight and really familiarising themselves with indicators is the way to go? How, how would you be viewing your future? Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a time of uncertainty um, and, and absolutely sort of things are moving around, um, indicators on the economy are moving around, but we really don't have a fix on, on what the future is going to be, particularly now with sort of all of that uncertainty. Um, what we do know is that um, people are saving more at the moment and that's mm. not unusual in a recession. Um, well, there's nothing and, to spend and, it on, mate. There's nothing to spend well, it on. That, that's exactly right. So normally people save more in a recession, but in this one in particular, because if you can't go out, you can't go to the movies, if you can't go to the restaurant, if you can't go on holidays, then you've got less to spend stuff on. And, and so people are finding actually that, that they've got more money in their, in their bank accounts. So, um, particularly if they're on um, sort of fixed incomes um, and, and those incomes aren't drying up. Yeah, so they are, by their nature, creating a buffer in uncertain times so that as the things change, they can, yeah. Absolutely. But but just, just because I'm an economist and, and, and a member of the dismal science, let me tell you why that's bad. Um, so while that's good for an individual, um, as savings rise, that means people are buying less stuff. Mm. If you buy less stuff, you need less people to make it. And so therefore, not as many people are employed mm. and the recession becomes deeper. So it, it's all interconnected. Let, let me speak against that. As someone locked down, shut up, masked in Melbourne, when they let me out of the blocks, oh, mate. Oh, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Matt, so, uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's look towards uh, bright skies into the future and happy days. Yep, definitely. We'll let you get back to your Ouija board, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Does your health insurance fund reset its extras at the end of the financial year? Are you waiting impatiently for these extras to reset? Maybe you're frantically using them up. If this sounds familiar, you could be on the wrong policy. Head to healthinsurancecomparison.com.au to compare funds. Speak to our experts and find an affordable policy with the extras you need. That's healthinsurancecomparison.com.au. The specialists in switching. Welcome back. It's Kay Fallick and John Deeks, and it's Mind Your Own Retirement, the podcast where we cover lots of different issues. Kay, we talk about finance, we talk about travel, and we talk about health. And the most important thing, when I think about function and what matters most for me, John, mm -hmm. because I'm a reader, yep. is my eyesight. Very important. So we're very lucky to have Dr. Peter Murphy with us. And he's going to explain a new initiative which happens to be free. 
Oh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. I'm sorry. Oh, suddenly I've, st- <laughs> yep. I've sat up a bit uh, brighter. Uh, mm. Peter Murphy, Dr. Peter Murphy is uh, from uh, OPSM. Uh, Peter, welcome. And please tell us about teleoptometry. What's that? Yes. Hi, John. Hi, Kay. So teleoptometry is a new service that we launched in around about mid-April, and it's a service available to provide access to an optometrist uh, for people during the COVID times when it might be difficult for you to visit an OPSM store and you can have a telehealth optometry consultation uh, in the comfort of your own home. But what's it cost? Uh, it's a free service. So we launched this service on the basis that we wanted to ensure that our customers, our patients had access to eye care and advice from an optometrist, uh, irrespective of whether or not they could get in to see us face to face. You know, obviously with all the recent restrictions and all the different things that have been going on as a result of COVID-19. Sure. Uh, we wanted to ensure that our customer base had access to an optometrist in a, a safe and friendly manner. Okay, Peter, I've just rung you and I say, hello, uh, it's John Dix here. Uh, Peter, how can you help me? Firstly, if you're an existing patient with our uh, on our, our files and our, our records, we would look up your, your previous records. We would ask you a series of questions. There would be probably two main categories of uh, patients looking for this sort of service. One would be if they've lost or broken their glasses and they need a repeat prescription. And the other is if they have a mild or a serious eye health concern. So in one case, it's helping them in terms of uh, addressing their functional vision and their needs to perhaps replace a pair of glasses. And the other, it might be that they might have a, an irritation, a red eye, or something more sinister, even a retinal tear or a retinal detachment, and we can provide appropriate advice as far as what the next steps are to, to um, address those concerns. Peter, is this only for existing customers? No. New customers are welcome to also avail themselves of the service, so it would be a matter of either contacting the closest store, OPCM store, to uh, where that particular person lives, or calling our customer care line and they will put you in touch with the closest store nearby. So we've got a network of around about 360 stores across Australia and it would really be quite easy to uh, dial up um, to the nearest store. And of course, with tele-optometry or a telehealth consultation, one of the benefits is that it can address the concerns of people living in remote communities or people with disabilities or in aged care communities. So uh, in situations where you can't get in to see someone because of mobility issues or or just the tyranny of distance, you know, we're we're spread out all over Australia in terms of our store network. So, Peter, I'm trying to imagine how this will work. So I've phoned up and I've got something wrong with my left eye and I'm calling my local store. How does someone look at my left eye in telehealth? So there's a couple of things. One is that we set up a, we use Microsoft Teams for a video consultation. So we can still do an audio consultation, which is purely just a phone call. An example that springs to mind, uh, we had a customer that contacted us and said, look, I'm spending a lot of time on the computer. I've looked in the mirror. I've got this yellow spot on the white of my eye. What is it? And using a telehealth consultation, our optometrist was able to look at the uh, appearance of the, the yellow blob on the white of the eye and say, look, this looks to be a pingulectomy. It's something that we can would recommend you take some eye drops, some lubricating eye drops, and to blink more frequently and so and elevate that person's concern. Whereas in another case, we would have had someone say, oh, look, I've got some recent flashes and floaters and my vision 
was a little bit fuzzy. We would ask more questions, and on the basis of that clinical history, uh, we would determine whether it was, say, a simple migraine, uh, in which case it might require a visit to the GP or potentially a retinal tear or a detachment in which we would organise a referral to the local hospital. So for the visual, I'm... Uh, to put it into plain English for our members, they would receive a link to a Microsoft Teams meeting, Peter, and they would click on the link and then the eye doctor would be able to see them and look at their eyes. That's right. So we would set up an appointment. That's uh, amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? So for your Life Choices members, we're going to put a link on the website to send them across to this fantastic mm. service, uh, Peter. But is there anything, any special message you feel that retirees need to hear right now, as some of whom are locked up at home and many starting to get out and about in terms of protecting their eyesight? Yeah, firstly, but if you do have any... Uh, concerns with regards to your eyesight or your vision, then help is at hand. We continue to remain open. Our stores continue to remain open to, in these uncertain times. Nevertheless, if for whatever reason that you are confined to home and you're feeling a little bit unsafe going out because of COVID, uh, there is the opportunity to contact our stores and we can set up a telehealth consultation, uh, which is a free service and we'll be happy to look after you. Peter, thank you so much for giving up your time today. We do appreciate it. And uh, we will put those links up, as Kay said, to uh, to get in contact. And uh, Dr. Peter Murphy from OPSM, be well, be safe, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kay. Kay, have a look what I'm holding in my hand. A biscuit. No, no, no. That was thank no, you very much indeed for your, your husband. He brought in some fabulous Tim Tams. It's not a biscuit. It's no. a seniors card. Now I'm a bit confused because there are some things I can do with my seniors card and some things I can't. No. Can you update me, please, madam? No, you can't buy a TV with it no. and expect the government to pay. <laughs> That's fair no. enough. No, no, they're very generous at the moment, John, but not that generous. So, what is a seniors card? Well, it's, um, it's got my name on it and it says uh, no, the no, government. No, not oh. yours. No. It's a free discount card provided by state and territory governments. That's the important point here. And it gives you savings on goods and services, discounts, yeah. including fantastic transport concessions and participating business discounts. You're right because I have seen in certain shops... Seniors card, card welcome. welcome. Exactly, John. But because it's a state and territory government card, oh, and okay. as we know in times of COVID, mm. each state has its own agenda, its own way of doing things. Sure. So if you lived in WA, you would need to be 63 to get that card. A kid. A kid, a, a child. child. In ACT 62... Oh. And every other state and territory, you need to be 60. So there's just little different rules going on here. The hours that you cannot work above change as well. So most states and territories say, look, um, you can't be in paid employment for more than 20 hours a week. Interestingly, Victoria says more than 35 
Wow. Which is That's kind of a full time, yeah, full time job. Full time job. So is that just recently, or is that uh, has no, been the case? It's long time, long time. So the important thing is, and through your life choices website, we've got all the details spelt out for everyone, including links through to the different states. Would even I be able to understand it? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> you could lead me through the Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. No, look, it's very clearly spelt out. So you do need to apply. And the deal is don't wait until you've retired to apply. Don't wait until you've I turned that to age. I recall getting this without even asking for it, the one in Victoria. Mm. It just arrived in the mail. Could have happened back in the day, but right now you <laughs> will back be. in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, I just got it and there it was. Yeah, yeah. It's in sto- It's a piece of stone. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It was just, a pr- just early before one. World War One, I, I think they that's were sending it. them out. It's but, in Roman um, numerals. Things have changed, young man. So, so go to Your Life Choices website. Go to, go to Your Life Choices. We'll put the link up on the podcast page and shoot people through to the different states, the different rules, and the application online is pretty straightforward. I think the most interesting thing, apart from different business discounts, and there's some rippers in there, is the allowances on transport. So, example, Victoria, your Mikey card, they send you a Mikey card, Mm -hmm. so that's like a a New South Wales Opal card. It's, It's your public transport card. But your travel is at 50% of the going rate. Mm. So you put your money on that card, but you're only charged 50%. But you're getting free transport at the weekends and you get travel vouchers from the government so you can do the regional rail lines travel. Yeah, I can see my sister in Bendigo and... uh, All of that, all of that. So the transport allowances are very generous and then there are certain discounts for interstate travel if you're lucky enough to be able to travel interstate. So, uh, look, it's how much how yeah. much does it save you? I think if you bother to use each state's online directory, you could actually save hundreds, at least hundreds of dollars. It's worth a doing year. the research. Yeah, but also when you go interstate, pull out your Victorian card, your New South Wales card, and simply ask, do you give a senior's discount? Not every place has marked up that they do, but most people will acknowledge Mm -hmm, that. And mm -hmm. in particular, when we're all travelling again, in hotels, most hotel chains love seniors. Oh, because they won't bash up the room and they'll they'll be nice and they'll be quiet. Because they'll probably come midweek. Oh, yes. And they'll probably dine in-house. And there's so many um, freebies that uh, the hotel chains will use to acknowledge. I've never thought of that. That's fantastic. No, it works I know Sydney Ferries, when I go to Sydney Ferries, and I say, oh, here's my seniors card. And they go, oh, yeah, no problem. Yep, yep. So they're pure gold. And look, you don't have to be that old to get one. Over 60. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. So where do you... (laughs) I've seen the photos. (laughs) You are looking younger every day. And thank you very much indeed to our good friend, Dr. Peter Murphy from OPSM, for putting me on the right train to see how good you are looking. Thank you. And also, of course, uh, thank you to Matt. Matt, the 
plain English economist. Yeah, and all the information you've heard in this podcast is available on uh, Your Life Choices, correct, Kay? Correct, on the podcast page with all the links to further information for people who like to sit and read. Please, folks, uh, do send us some comments. Make them nice, please. <laughs> um, you know, I need the play job. Play nicely. Yeah, play nicely. But do we do look forward to your comments and your thoughts. And uh, we'll see you next time. Kay Fadak, the founder of Your Life Choices, and me, John Deeks, for your next episode of Mind Your Own Retirement. Thank you.